0: I love anything that saves time and makes my life easier. And Thrive Market is my go-to for all of my grocery and household essentials because it is so convenient just to shop online and have them quickly shipped and delivered directly to my doorstep. Like, think about it. When you go to the grocery store, like, you don't really have that much time to just go and search through everything, looking at the ingredients, all that stuff, or at least I don't. But when I go to Thrive Market, I love that they have filters like on the website. So you can say, okay, I want this specific sort of snack, but I want it to be gluten free and I want this. And then they'll give you um, the filtered results so that you know that everything in that list is exactly what you were looking for. It just saves so much time. And you also save money as a Thrive Market member. I feel like every time that I shop on Thrive Market, I save like 30 percent every time. Um, And there's so many more options than what you will just find in the grocery store. I get all of my Annie's, all of my Annie's. Annie's is one of my favorite brands for food. And I get all of that from Thrive Market. And sometimes I just like to explore their website and discover things that I haven't had before or I haven't given Hartford before, and I always find things that I can't find in a regular store. So join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. So go to thrivemarket.com slash straight up for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash straight up. Thrivemarket.com slash straight up. All right, I'm going to keep this simple. Welcome back to Straight Up with Stassi. I'm Stassi Schroeder-Clark. Let's do this. Okay. Y'all. I have a very special guest because I just finished her second book. And uh, I mean, most of you guys know her as Peyton Sawyer from One Tree Hill, but I have found a soul sister. I mean, we've never met, but like in reading your book, Hillary Burton Morgan, I, I, I feel like you are from New Orleans. Like you give off. I know you're not, but you give off. New
1: Orleans native vibes. That's like the biggest compliment ever. I've spent a ton of time in New Orleans. Um, And I started going there like when I was a teenager working at MTV because we were hosting so much stuff there and really felt the second I got there, I was like, oh, this is where I belong. Okay. Okay.
0: No, you. This. That's the vibe you give off. Your new book. Okay, it already came out a month ago. I feel like fans of yours will obviously be so excited about it. But what I love so much about this book is you don't have to be a diehard fan. You don't have to know who you are. Like you can read this book, <laughs> strangers. <It's, laughs> no, but truly, it's so. It's called Grimoire Girl, and. I had never heard the word grimoire girl, grimoire before which I'm so yeah. embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed to embarrassed. admit that. Can you explain for the rest of our listener, my listeners, yeah. what a grimoire is?
1: Yeah, so a grimoire was a book that was kept by a woman that contained all of her life-saving information. So it was something she either inherited from an elder or she started working on herself in her youth when she was about to go and take over her own homestead. Um, but it's where you would collect your recipes and your medicine and your plant knowledge and lunar Systems that you wanted to learn, and just like all of the information that makes our lives run, because women are the people who run households, businesses, everything, the fucking world. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And it's also an item that a lot of women were persecuted for having. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a vilification of women who were. Assertive and knowledgeable mm. in Europe. And then it spread over here to our country. And I think that we can all look back on that and be like, ooh, bad look, burning witches. Yeah. But they weren't <laughs> witches. These weren't like demonic women. They were just women that didn't need men. <laughs> so they yes. were like, let's get them. Uh and so it felt like an act of rebellion, certainly in this day and age, to publicly put out a grimoire. To be like, you know what? Women used to get killed for this. Fuck it. I'm going to put it out with Harper one and it's going to be great. No, it's uh, it's
0: fantastic. And I'm thanks. so honest. I'm just going to be, I'm jealous that I didn't think of this. I'm jealous that I didn't know <laughs> what a grimoire is. I feel like, Oh, this is right up my alley. And the way that you told stories about your life while also then it's like a handbook, you're giving tips on how to check in with yourself and, in, in in all the things that are mystical or magical. Yeah. And, but in a way that doesn't feel like, like, I don't know, like uh, hokey. Do you know
1: what I mean? Like this But it's like who's got the time, right? Who's got the time to do all of these rituals? And who's yeah. got the time to like carve out all this space to learn new stuff? And so what I really wanted to do was just illustrate that you're already doing, doing it. magical mm-hmm. practices. You're already like carving that space out in your life right now and yeah. it might feel tedious right now so if you just put a different lens on it then it feels mystical and fun and cool
0: have you always been like since you were a little kid into you know like supernatural the occult yeah. like oh. mystics all that stuff do you remember oh. like your first like memory of that yeah
1: yeah i grew up in a super religious i read environment that. yeah i mean yeah. it was like you know when you grow up in the South, you're either evangelical or you're Baptist, you know, like you're hard Catholic. Core. I was,
0: yes. And yeah. It's I core. I'm, I'm not a practicing Catholic, but I was raised Catholic. Yeah.
1: And it really sets a tone as a little girl that um, you're on the outside of this because everything in that environment is masculine. It's the father, son, and the Holy ghost, you know, mm-hmm. and women are just troublemakers. And so I remember this sense of, of, casting spells in my room as a kid trying to get yeah. certain like Barbie outfits out of a catalog. I was like, if I just cast the right spell, I'll get these Barbie outfits. Like I can manifest this. Yes. Um, but I found a book in my elementary school library that was just all about ghosts and witches. And it was from the sixties. So the artwork was really kind of creepy. <laughs> and that was the thing in first grade where I was like, I can't let anyone know about this, but this is who I am so yeah Wait,
0: i love that like we have so much in common in that sense so i grew up in new orleans so it you was did? very yeah so it was very normal for me like my 12th birthday i did the french quarter ghost tour with all my yeah. friends like we would go hang out in the cemeteries just because i don't know we just did it's it's that whole spiritual spooky world stories of in history like i I grew up with that. So reading your book, I'm like, this sounds like a New
1: Orleans girly straight up. Well, (laughs) New Orleans is so great because there's not fear of death. There's power in it. And I think in the communities that I grew up in, everybody was so repressed and buttoned up and New Orleans is the exact opposite which yeah. is why I was so drawn to that place and the first time I went I went on the ghost tour I had to I convinced everybody I worked with at MTV I was like you guys can we go and they're like well she's only 18 and she can't get into the bars so let's take her on this little <laughs> walk-in tour and I made friends with the chick that was the ghost tour guide and she ended up like the tour wraps up and she's like do you want a party where the locals go? Yeah, because I was about to say, you, ha- you only have to be 18 in New Orleans. So oh, someone dude. misinformed you. <laughs> oh, well then. Well then, it was a business trip. I think everyone was trying to be super above board with me. Um, she takes me to this... This very off-the-beaten path vampire bar where everybody there like legit thinks they're vampires. Uh-huh. My husband is texting on my computer right now. Hello, Stasi. He's freaking out. He's so no, I'm anymore.
0: freaking out. Also, but he's so scary dork. in The Walking Dead. It's like so crazy. Like <laughs>
1: this is this is so yeah. trippy. No, oh my gosh. Love. Um, but yeah, she took me to this place and like the bartender had like a pierced scrotum and showed it to me and like sorry, what? all these people want to bite us and it was such a weird awesome night and i just loved that this was a city that attracted oddities because that's how i'd always felt but i was never allowed to present that i always had to be this all-american girl next door and so new orleans really offered the freedom to be a freak
0: what when did it. you when did you start letting your freak flag fly girl
1: um when i bought my house in wilmington I, is that the I was, haunted one yeah
0: Okay. Yeah, I was like 21. Can we talk about... Okay, this is the thing. <laughs> I really... have lived uh, in haunted houses, have you? I have not. What? I want to. So I am so into haunted houses. Love visiting them. Love researching them. Love anything. Love movies about them. Stories about them. I always say, like, I think I could live in a haunted house. But I have never been tested. Like, so I... I don't know if I really you could have
1: like a girlfriend in school growing up in New Orleans that lived in something messed up. No,
0: and it, not that I know of, or I
1: can't remember. And honestly, it disappoints. Sorry. I'm, I'm sniffling.
0: I'm sorry. My whole house is, is sick. Maybe. So there's that. Thanks
1: for coming um, today. Even no, though you're
0: sick. I was not going to reschedule this because I've been wanting to get you on my podcast. So <laughs> I'm like, I'll do this now. Um, but I've always wanted to connect with spirits and I've, always been interested in that, but I never can. I don't, I haven't seen an apparition.
1: No ghost. It has might appeared. mean that you're just a really grounded person though. Cause in Fuck that, you no, know, in my research, here's something that I've discovered. There was a lot of research done into the paranormal in the early 1900s, especially like in the UK. And there's a great book called The Haunting of Alma Fielding. And it talks about the research they did, particularly into women who are experiencing these like crazy paranormal events. And what they found is that as they interviewed these women, there was always a root of severe trauma. And so it's not surprising to me that the time in my life when I was experiencing the most ghost activity was during my most traumatic job. And living experience. And so maybe it just means that like you haven't been properly traumatized. Like what has to happen to a person (laughs) where they're like, I don't want to see anything here anymore. Show me the other realm. I need a good beating. Yeah. Just like (laughs) it it was the trauma was the thread that tied all of these things together and the more traumatized a woman was the more susceptible she was to being able to experience these otherworldly things um and so obviously that was a study that was done in the early 1900s it's not perfect but i do think that there's a sensitivity that arises when you're a deep empath or when you know you don't necessarily prioritize life going on here interesting know, when, Because, you
0: know, I go to psychics and stuff. I love tarot card readers. I love all that. I'm assuming you do, too.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. And the, the, every single one has always said to me, you have a magical quality about you. You have psychic powers. I'm like, no. And I never see ghosts. None of those. I never know what's going to happen. I can't. I'm not. I'm not psychic. Really? I don't I don't
1: feel like I am. And I never <laughs> see ghosts. <laughs> but do you, don't you think that's like their pickup line? They say that to everyone. They're like, Ooh, don't you oh. are special. <sighs> Remember, like, yeah. do you ever hang out in Manhattan and there's always those chicks on the corner Or in New Orleans. Orleans. Yeah, Yeah, they're just
0: like, hey, girl, you. Or the Beverly Center. (laughs) The Beverly
1: Center, (laughs) literally. Come up to me. Yeah. Yeah. Come here, lady. I want to tell you how special you are. Um, Yeah, my kids watch Princess and the Frog with, you know, the Shadow Man. And they're like, Mom, are those the people you hang out with? And I'm like, kind of. Wait, that's so funny. Maybe. I would.
0: Yeah, well, I've just I've just started telling myself that when someone has said I have a magical quality, I'm like that must just mean that we're good at manifesting because I yes. also think that that's a big part of your book. It's the magicalness in the mysticism is essentially manifesting things you want for yourself and the life that you want for yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that people here that that simple notion like the secret like you just have to say it out loud right Mm -hmm. but it's real because when you say it out loud all the people around you hear it yes, and you hear it and it gives you something to live up to and without fail anytime I've said something out loud over and over again it happens and it's a little spooky but yes it's witchcraft right? right there Yeah. Yeah. And it's easy. It's, it's something that doesn't take any extra effort. Uh, I think people, especially in certain areas of our country, I have a lot of like Midwestern relatives or sometimes here in new England, people are a little buttoned up. And I think there's a lot of cultural stuff where it's like, you're not supposed to talk about yourself in a way where you build yourself up because that's conceited or just, not culturally done. Um, you always downplay everything. If someone pays you a compliment, you're like, Oh, yes. no, oh. well, I have a lot of makeup me. on. Yeah. So like, no. Oh, yes. Uh. No, there is the, the thing that was so, uh, so jarring about witchcraft to a lot of people is that those women were like, yeah, I know what the fuck I'm doing. Totally. And yes, I'll know what I'm doing next time too, because I'm really good at this. There's an ownership of Mm -hmm. experience and identity that those kinds of people had that we should be encouraging more women, but especially young women to have now, you know?
0: Oh, 100%. I hope my my daughter is witchy. Yeah.
1: I don't know Mm -hmm. that I have a choice with mine, George. (laughs) My daughter last week, she's such a creep. We were flying home from Alabama. Jeffrey and I both had to work in Alabama and we're in the airport down there. And she's like, I want it to snow when we get home. And I looked at the weather and I was like, ah, it's not going to snow for at least like two weeks, baby. Like it's not going to be cold enough. And so we land and we have to race her brother over to theater rehearsal. It's like four o'clock in the afternoon. And all of a sudden, these big, chunky, huge white flakes start falling from the sky and it's snowing out of nowhere. And this child is so pleased with herself and oh it's like, Oh my God. I did this and I'm only five. Imagine what I'll do when I'm 10. No. <laughs> she went to school. She told everyone, They're like, Did you see the snow? And she goes, I did that.
0: Okay, Other, but Hillary, you say that you can heal burn wounds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so so maybe she can make snow she can, happen. She's a weather witch. Um, <laughs> cool. Wait, but yeah. can you tell me more about healing wounds? So I mean, it, I know you sorry, I know you can't actually tell the secret. I I read yeah. that you yes. So I guess you could dance around
1: it. Sure. No, there's lots of books on on the subject. Like Appalachian Granny Magic is something that is very old, very specific to America. Um, You know, you read a lot about mysticism in other countries, but American mysticism is something that really doesn't get a lot of attention. And so of all the places on the planet where women were persecuted for being healers or for being business owners or for living on their own and being property owners where they were vilified elsewhere mm-hmm. in the Appalachian region of our country, they were really revered and respected. That's a, that's an area of the world where witches were never killed because they were the most valuable people in the community. Um, and so there were male animals female witches. Some people had the gift of dousing for water. You know, some people could heal burns. Yes. My friend, Mama Sita healed a wart off my knee. You know, that's so (laughs) so, crazy. Very specific skill sets there. Um, but it was always an oral tradition. And as like elder generations are dying out, there's not a lot of interest from younger generations to pick up the mantle and carry this information. And so I hope that maybe the offspring of those families aren't interested, but if other people are and they're genuine about it, I think, you know, there's a good opportunity for there to be a resurgence in that.
0: Oh, that's so cool. So I'm obviously having um, a tough time sleeping through the night because I have a newborn baby and a newborn baby that has been sick. So double that. Double the not fun, double the not sleeping. But I'm someone who prioritizes sleep. Like it's one of my favorite things in the world and I need to have it. Like I need to have like eight hours of sleep every single night. And uh, back when we had Hartford, we started using the Hatch sound machine and she still uses it to this day. We now have a Hatch in Messer's room. And I got so used to the sound of the Hatch that now I have the Hatch Restore in my room. Like I can't live without it. And I feel like it helps me sleep so much more. This is what's so great about the Hatch Restore is that it basically helps you like train your body to sleep better. Like they use like light and sound cues and you can set up your bedtime routine with meditations and sleep sounds. And then you're woken up gently. It's not like this like abrupt alarm that makes you want to no, no, throw yourself off the roof of your house. Um, but great sleep can be learned with Hatch. And 83% of customers report improved sleep. And they have a 60-night money-back guarantee, so you can try it for yourself risk-free. So if you're having trouble sleeping or if you just want to get better sleeping habits, the Hatch Restore, it's the device that helps you build a consistent bedtime and morning routine so you can prioritize your rest and sleep better. Right now, Hatch is offering my listeners $20 off your purchase of the Hatch Restore and free shipping at Hatch.co slash Stasi. That's Hatch.co slash Stasi to get $20 off and free shipping. Hatch.co slash I've talked a little bit about how I'm switching up my like health wellness routines since giving birth. And part of that is my skincare. I'm not somebody who like, likes to spend the time picking out like all these different types of things that I need for my skincare process I kind of just like to be told exactly what to do and I just check off the list I need it to be easy so I'd heard so much about Dime Beauty so I decided to start using Dime Beauty and I can't rave about it enough okay so Dime Beauty is clean high-end skincare that is affordable and it really works okay Dime didn't sacrifice performance just to make it clean either and when I say clean Dime is 100% transparent about every single ingredient so you can use their products daily and not have to worry about anything. Um, The thing that I'm using is the works system. So it's everything you need just like in one package. Like they just like sent me a box where I like I have my cleanser. I have my toner. I have my two serums. I have my two moisturizers. I know exactly what to do. It's easy. And the bottles, the packaging, so chic. So chic. Like they're these like black bottles that just like they feel like, oh, great, I want to have this on my bathroom counter. This isn't an eyesore. Dime has over 2 million happy customers and their product reviews are literally all five stars, okay? And right now, they have free shipping on orders over $50 and a 100% satisfaction guarantee on every product. So love your skin again. Go to dimebeautyco.com and unlock your discount. That's dimebeautyco.com. Dime, D-I-M-E, beautyco.com. Dime, am in the thick of it when it comes to a newborn baby waking up throughout the night. I cannot wait until Messer is out of the swaddling phase and I can put him in the Dreamland baby weighted sleep sack. Okay, let me explain you guys. I used this sleep sack with Hartford when she was about six months old and she absolutely loved it. And it made like sleeping so much easier for her. I felt like she slept through the night so much better when she was wearing the weighted sleep sack. Dreamland baby. Okay. Let me explain exactly what this is. So The way that this company was founded is there was this mom, the founder, and her son was waking up every like one and a half hours. And then she noticed when she put a heavy throw blanket on him that he immediately calmed down. So she created this sleep sack that's weighted a little bit heavy so that your babies feel just more comforted. And I love how easy it is to use because there's a two way zipper. Okay, so when you have to change the baby's diaper, you don't have to fully take it off. You can just like use it from the bottom. So it just makes it so much easier. Um they use high quality materials. They're so soft and they like honestly get s- even softer after every wash. It's just so easy and I cannot recommend the Dreamland baby weighted sleep sack enough. I seriously can't wait until I can unswaddle Messer and put him in this. It just makes life so much easier. So go to dreamlandbabyco.com and enter my code Stasi at checkout to receive 20% off site-wide plus free shipping. So this offer is for new and existing customers. That's dreamlandbabyco.com and enter my code Stasi at checkout to receive 20% off site-wide plus free shipping. Don't you feel it? I love that you just have such this big appreciation for history, tradition, stories, keeping things alive. Like, do you ever go? This is a random question. Do you ever go into an old restaurant, you know, the one that's been around for a while and and worry the whole entire fucking dinner that soon it's not going to be here anymore because <laughs> the new generations aren't going Like whenever I go to an old restaurant, even in like Beverly Hills, one that's been around since like, you know, the beginning of Los Angeles and Hollywood, you know, my grandparents used to take me there and and all that stuff. And whenever I go to these restaurants, it's all really old people. And I don't see anyone my age. I don't see anyone younger. And I worry that that all of the old things, the things that mean a lot are just going to be no more.
1: Dude, there was a place called Cajun in Manhattan when I was like 18, 19 years old. And it was on 16th and 8th. It was a New Orleans jazz bar. I was going to was a It was just a hallway. It wasn't a very big space, but there was a stage at the end of it made to look, you know, like you're down in New Orleans. And it was run by a guy named Herb. Right. And (laughs) I don't know how I stumbled on this place. I must've been in a taxi and I like passed it and decided that's where I'm going to hang out from now on. And so I would go there like once a week. I was obsessed with that place and everyone there was 80 plus years old, Uh but Herb called me Big Blonde because he couldn't remember my name, but he knew I was (laughs) tall and I was blonde. He's like, Big Blonde is here. And I dance with all these like old men with pinky rings and like talk shit with their wives and it's not there anymore. So exactly what you're describing. It was this jewel. It was a jewel. And I wanted so badly to be able to like protect it. And I couldn't, but now it's a shorthand because now when you meet people, And you're like, you know, Cajun? And they're like, oh, I know Cajun. You know Herb? And I'm like, you bet your ass I know Herb. That's how you find your people. Like, it's like a secret passcode.
0: Okay, but soon that will die out. Not to be depressing.
1: I know. (laughs) Not to be
0: depressing. I just, I, I, it takes up a lot of space in my head when I think about just old things closing and everything becoming new. What's your favorite old thing? My favorite old place, I'd probably say one of them is Galatoire's in New Orleans.
1: Uh-huh, it's yeah.
0: one of the oldest restaurants, but it is right on Bourbon Street and in between strip clubs. OK, so oh, it goodness. used to be used to be this place where like you had to have a tie and a coat. I'm sure you still have to yeah. have a tie and a coat, but no one wants to go there anymore. And this was a tradition in my family to go there all the time. No one wants to go there because it's so unsafe and it's it's there's so oh, much strip clubby shit all around it (laughs) that I'm so scared something like that is going to die out, you know. Strip
1: clubs will die out before that place, Will. People just look (laughs) for boobs on the internet, you know. You can't get good food on the internet, but you can get boobs. Such a good point. Mm -hmm.
0: One of the things that I loved in your book is you talked about your coven. And I think covens are so important, but I think there's a misconception that the people in your coven all have to be friends with each other. And yeah. so I think a lot of women out there are like, well, I don't have a coven because I don't have like this sorority like group of friends where everyone is friends with each other. And I think you explained in your that chapter without you, I don't even know if you in, intended on it, explaining how your coven is a bunch of different women that most of them have no relation to each other.
1: It's like pockets, right? Yes. Just Compartmentalizing. I don't know if it's from working in television or if it's just like a defense mechanism from a chaotic childhood, but I definitely have compartmentalized all the different parts of my life. And so the most stressful day of my entire life was my wedding because it was the first time all of the different covens and groups were interacting.
0: Hillary, yes, right? there's, yeah. no, there's nothing more stressful than hosting a party. I love a good party, but mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know if this person's going to get along with this person and yeah. then I'm just going to be high strung the whole entire time. I, I feel this. Yes.
1: And what's cool is that there are a couple people within my group friend groups that are bridges. Not everybody has to be a bridge, mm-hmm. but I've got a couple friends that are good bridges and you they need to keep make, them around. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and and they make everything so light and easy. And and so I think it's important to collect people who are very different so that you're not living in an echo chamber. Mm-hmm. Um and that means, you know, e- Economic difference. A lot of people just hang out with all the same people at their economic level. And that's not cool. Yes. Um, you know, people with different ethnic backgrounds. Super, super important. There's nothing I love more than going to my Iranian best friend's house and having her mom just boss us all around. You know, <laughs> like that's the best. I I think diversity of experience is really important. And that's why we, you know, I didn't do great in LA because everyone just wanted to work in the film industry. And I'm like, are there any doctors in the room? Are there any like writers or nonprofit, you know? So having diversity is really, really important in a friend group the same way it is in a coven because if everyone's doing the same magic, you're not getting a whole lot done.
0: I agree this is th- that that's how I felt about Vanderpump Rules now that I'm out of it it's like if I <laughs> if I was still in it right now mm-hmm. it it is an echo chamber of the same shit there like yeah. it's impossible to actually grow or shift or change or see a different perspective when you're so used to doing this one thing with the same group of people that are talking about the same things and and there's a whole world out there oh, to yeah. explore so i feel that
1: yeah well and also <laughs> you're going to be someone so different at 21 22 years old than you are in your 40s and having different friend groups nurture all those different humans inside of you is incredibly important and so it's great to hang on i'm friends with the same girls i was friends with in middle school mm-hmm. but it's also great to accumulate people People that see the newest version of you and think she's doing a good job too. They're not fixated on whatever the bright, shiny thing was in your past. Yeah. And I'm sure you deal with that. <laughs> Regular there. You guys, before we started <laughs> recording, I had to admit that Jeffrey and I, it's the only show my husband and I have watched together from like start to finish.
0: It's so fucking crazy. Literally to me. the pilot. Really? that's insane and like in real time like in 2013 or whatever real
1: time you know what it was we lived in studio city And the optometrist in Studio City had a big, huge picture of like models wearing glasses in the windows. And it was Jacks.
0: I knew you were going to... I remember that. I remember that photo. Oh my gosh. And Jeffrey and I were
1: like, is that the glasses guy on TV? You know? And we were like, huh, we'll check that out. That's what did it. That was the hook. That
0: is amazing and so specific.
1: It was... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> core memory. Um, but he loves you so much. Like just so much. He likes, um, he likes sass. So
0: you truly you just like are making my day. can't wait to go tell Bo, my husband. Yeah. I don't know if you guys made it that far. In Oh, the we show, did, but okay. We did.
1: Bo saved you.
0: <laughs> Thank You're you. I no, I agree. I agree. I truly feel that way. And speaking of your husband, everything that I've seen, the way that you talk about him, the way that you guys talk about your lives together fucking goals one thing specifically that you said you said that he he has the best moral compass mm-hmm. like that that's the way that you describe him and in my wedding vows to Bo, that's exactly how i explained him i'm like the the only way i can explain my partner is that everything every decision that he makes in the way that he treats me in the way that when we get in arguments he he comes from a place of wanting to do the right thing morally. So that informs everything he does. And so when you said that about Jeffrey, I was like, okay, that's, that's (laughs) Bo. Yeah.
1: No, safety, I think is really important to women, especially if you are a, a loud girl. People don't stand up for the loud girl ever. They just assume that you can handle your own shit. And they don't know that there's like a really soft inner thing in there. Yeah. And so when you have a person who's incredibly safe as the loud girl, you're like, I am going to protect this at all costs because this is the only place I get to like take yeah. that armor off. Um, and it's nice. It's nice to be able to take the armor off. That shit gets heavy. You
0: no, know, I really admire your relationship. And granted, I know I I don't know you guys personally. So obviously I, I don't have every couple oh, of we a, a fight relationship about stuff. Shit.
1: I'm trying to think what our last like bicker was. Uh <sighs> I don't even know. Sometimes, sometimes when you just have like two kids, you're just like, Hey, do you want to go into a different room right now? And it's like, yeah, I do. You know, like,
0: I feel this because I just gave birth to my second kid. And so I'm wondering, I'm like, when are, when am I going to hang out with my husband again? Because right now it's like, one of us has, has to have, one of the kids.
1: Mm-hmm. So no, you then- have teenager sex once you have two kids because you have <laughs> to sneak around and you think you're getting away with something. And then like, I'm sure our kids will tell us later in their thirties. Like <laughs> we totally knew what you guys were doing. Um, but you, yeah, you have to have teenager sex again. And that you know,
0: it's- Wait, so I've always been a daytime sex person. yeah, So we, I would, and, and now that's, that's no more, mm-hmm. but like by the end of the day, I'm tired. So I'm no, like, you I have, I have to be night-time a night sex?
1: sex person? What the fuck? As a mother s- of two? No, <laughs> honey, no. No, what happens is like you drop them off at school. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I I remember hearing that, like, all the dads in my community would go home for lunch. And I remember thinking, like, that's so weird. (laughs) Why wouldn't they just bring lunch to work? It's like 15 minutes to drive home. You eat a sandwich and then you have to drive back. That's so dumb. And now that I'm the grown up, I'm like,
0: they were going home (laughs) to get it on. Oh, my gosh. You're so right.
1: Well, um, listen.
0: I also can I say in your book, you said that we should all write our own eul- eulogy. And oh, yeah. I have I have never agreed with something more. I want to plan my own funeral. I had a serious talk with my parents once and Bo. And I said, I would, if this is allowed, like to be taxidermied so that people could take photos with me and just like make it fun. <laughs> like, but
1: put a pretty filter on it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> maybe face tune it. Yeah. I found there's a bar. I want to say it's in Southern California. It's like a biker bar where the owner was covered in tattoos. And when he died, he left it in his will that he wanted his arms and his back tanned, taxidermied and framed to hang in the bar. And so that happened like his body is hanging up in this bar. And so I looked at Jeffrey and I'm like, I'm definitely tanning your tattoos. Like maybe not your whole arm, but I'm stealing certain chunks of just you. Just like
0: you know, uh, maybe just like a an eight by twelve. Mm-hmm. You know that you can frame.
1: Can you imagine like a little <laughs> leather
0: pillow of your? <laughs>
1: We <laughs> gotta go visit Grandma. She's at her pillow Yeah. You have, you you have, have to pick your,
0: pick your favorite tattoo. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, dibs. <laughs>
0: so I'm That's really, so up. I'm really into this idea of writing your own eulogy because it's yeah. true. When you think about it, what if I were to die today? What would people say about me? And the control freak inside of me is <laughs> panicking so much yeah. that like the shit that they would include, I'd be like, why did they write that? And why yeah. didn't they include that? Like I don't know. I love chandelier. You
1: know, that's important. It is. <laughs> it is important. There's so much shit that, that people in your life don't know about you because your coworkers are always going to center the work. Right. Yeah. They're like, she was lovely to work with. Yeah. And your partner, your spouse is always going to center your relationship and be like, what a loving spouse. And your children will center, center the maternal part. Center yourself, center Mm -hmm. the things that you think are cool and let everybody else be surprised. And of all the stuff I put in this book, I say this in the book, this is the thing I've gone back to the most because there have been some really stagnant parts of my life where I have felt like, what am I even doing? Like, I, I don't know how to do anything. Yeah, And I go back and I look at that list and I'm like, no, no. I'm a bad bitch. I've done some crazy stuff and I'm fun. I'm captain fun. Uh, And so having that list is a really just important center for you to have that then everybody else gets to enjoy later.
0: Totally. Also, it's like what a self-esteem like booster. It is my favorite time of the year, and that is sweater weather. I mean, I wish it was sweater weather all year round, Um, but it's not. Uh, I want to talk about Jenny Kane because Jenny Kane is elite when it comes to sweaters okay Jenny Kane is a California brand through and through and when I tell you like their sweaters are elevated elevated Um, they are so well made so soft so luxurious cashmere Uh, uh, all that like when you think of like a nice sweater that you'll have for years and years and years that's what Jenny Kane is my favorite right now are the cocoon sweaters I am very into cocoon style so like a cocoon the turtleneck the cocoon cardigan because I'm postpartum so like I feel uncomfortable with my body and I just feel like the cocoon just like it's like cute oversized but makes me feel chic and totally put together so if you're looking for sweater staples for your closet since it's winter the holidays or if you want to just give a really nice gift I mean who doesn't want to receive like cashmere as a gift Exactly. Everyone wants cashmere as a gift. So go to Jenny Kane and check out their website to see if there's things that you can get for the loved ones in your life. They also have home essentials too. So not just sweaters, not just clothes, home essentials. Uh, go to JennyKane.com and use the code Stasi if you want to get 15% off. This is a limited time offer. So go to JennyKane.com, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com and use code STASI to get 15% off. Since I've been postpartum, I've been trying to eat as healthy as I possibly can. And one of the things that keeps me feeling satisfied while still giving me energy is nuts nuts like truly like there's so much protein in them like easy but when i go to the grocery store there aren't that many options and i like flavored nuts um so i've been going to nuts.com they have so many options my favorite is actually the bourbon pecans oh my god so freaking delicious, but they don't only sell nuts on nuts.com. There's seeds, there's chocolates and sweets, there's gummies, there's dried fruit, there's snacks, coffee, tea, there's like things like flour, you know, to use with baking, cooking and baking. You can find so many things on nuts.com that you can't find in your grocery store. Nuts.com is your one-stop shop for freshly roasted nuts, dried fruit, sweets, pantry staples, like specialty flowers, and more and their wide selection means there's something for everyone. And the quality is a top priority. They roast their nuts and pop their corn the same day it ships. So they reach you so freaking fresh. Satisfaction guaranteed. You don't have to just stick to the boring options at your local grocery store. Just go to nuts.com and honestly, Like there's so many things that there's like, I feel like you could also give them as gifts. I think that would be like a really nice holiday gift for people. Um, And right now nuts.com is offering new customers a free gift with purchase and free shipping on orders of $29 or more at nuts.com slash Stassi. So go check out all of the delicious options at nuts.com slash Stassi and you'll receive a free gift and free shipping when you spend $29 or more. One of the things you wrote in your eulogy that I just need to ask you about, how did you get to dance on the stage at Moulin Rouge in Paris? How, like, (laughs) did you get a publicist to hook that up? Like, what, what, how does one go about making that happen for themselves?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I did a convention in Paris and it was my first time going. When I first met Jeffrey, I had rented an apartment across from Notre Dame, right? Mm -hmm. Like I was leaving One Tree Hill. I was writing a book. Everyone was like, oh, yeah, you're going to be a writer, Hillary. Okay. I was like, okay, I will. <laughs> and so I uh, I'd rented this apartment indefinitely. My tickets were bought. I mean, I was done. Done. And I went to L.A. on one last trip. And... Uh, and my friend Danielle was like, I want you to meet this guy. And I was like, I'm leaving. I'm leaving the country. She's like, okay, but we're all just going to go to dinner. And Jeff shows up next thing, you know, like I'm not going to Paris anymore. Now I'm in Albuquerque and <laughs> he's like, we're together now. Let's have a baby. It happened so fast. So I never went to Paris. So when I finally did, I was like, I'm going to go big. So I go for this work convention and I didn't realize how big one tree hill was in Paris. Like, yeah, it, <laughs> I, it, it, I didn't know either. <laughs> nobody here ga- cares about us. Nobody here thinks we're cool. But in Paris, they're like... Everyone oh! here thinks you're cool. Are you Dude, kidding? In Paris, I'm... I'm you the shit. I'm a bigger deal. Okay, so, all right. I, all God right. bless the French. <laughs> As a result of that, my son is taking French in middle school right now. Because I was like, you and mommy are Love going that. back. <laughs> <laughs> so... I'm on this trip and I just casually ask one of the people at the convention, I'm like, I would really like to see this. Can I get a seat? And they were like, sure, sure. And so I get a seat and it's not like a great seat. It's not a seat like near the front, but somebody figured out what the deal was. Cause towards the end of the show, this big man, like a big security guard comes up and in very broken English is like, you're coming with me. And I kind of don't know what's going on. But at that point, I've been <laughs> drinking champagne and looking at little tiny French boobs all night. And I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm up for anything. And so he took me backstage and then I'm on the stage and the, you know, there's all the dancers and it was bananas. It's bananas. That
0: is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then before I get, cause I want to talk about your television show and your podcast. I don't know Thank how the, f- the how the fuck you do it all. But before I end talking about your book, I really like that. You said that you made your own Oracle deck and that women that yeah. we should all make our Oracle deck and, and you were explaining what that is. So it's basically, it's, it's women that you look up to and you just make your own deck of, of, why you look up to them for certain reasons. And I think that that's just so cool. And that is another way of, of manifesting the things that you want
1: for yourself. Where the fuck did you learn to make your own oracle deck, just a childhood hiding out in a bedroom, you know, like so much of the shit that I did as a little kid hiding out is stuff that is now my comfort zone as a grown up and so I had a big shoe box of craft materials that like my grandmother didn't want. It was just always like a a box full of pipe cleaners and felt and old beads and buttons and costume jewelry and I would just spend hours every day making shit, you know? And so as a grown up, there's there's something about setting an intention and making it yourself that just feels so much better to me than buying something because mm-hmm. you spend the same amount of time, right? Either you're out there shopping, looking, looking for, for something, something
0: that's right for you, or you make something right or for you. you. Just
1: sit down, save the gas money, make it yourself. Yeah. And you don't need any special materials for me with the Oracle deck. I'll find a picture of someone. I started doing this in high school, actually, with Boy George. I printed out every picture I could find of Boy George on the internet back when the internet was brand new. And we then put the song lyrics on the back of the pictures and, you know, then like laminate them. Yeah. (laughs) And so with the Oracle decks, having heroes like Alice Hoffman, who wrote Practical Magic, um, or other actors or writers, you know, artists, poets having these people, when I'm having a specifically stressful day, being able to consult that Oracle deck and be like, who do I want to be today? What costume do I want to put on today? Whose energy do I want to reflect today? Um, I know it's always going to be a hit because sometimes when you buy an Oracle deck, there's people in there that you don't know. Uh-huh. And so if it's like making a mixtape of all your favorite songs. If you know every. Every face in that Oracle deck is someone that you just love. Yeah. Every time you pull a card, you're going to get a winner.
0: Hillary, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass, but I'm going to make an Oracle deck and I'm going to add you to (gasps) it because I fucking love the way that you live your life. (laughs) no I love the way that you live your life I love all of your interests I love that you picked up and you guys made a life for yourself on a freaking farm like yeah. I I wish I had the courage <laughs> and and the balls to the to do that like that's it's a life that I but feel you like I I'm, I'm so scared of if if I were to go and do that like Bo and I yeah. talk all the time about if we could just move to Italy because he's also an Italian citizen if we yeah. could just pick up raise our children in Italy like how how amazing what life that would be. But I, I, there's so much fear that I have about, but what happens if that's the biggest mistake? What happens if I, I can't take care of my children in the way that I want to, like what happens when you leave your comfortable life to go to a farm?
1: You know what I mean? Yeah. You just, try, just try it on. I think uh, as girls, we're always looking at the totality of everything because we're expected to prepare for everything. If you try it in bite-sized pieces. You don't go forever. You just go for two weeks. And then the next time you go, you go for a month. And the next time you go, you go for a summer. And then by the time they're, you know, seven years old, you have a good understanding of like whether or not that's actually going to work for you. You're an adaptable person. You can do this. Thank you.
0: I think I am too. I think I am too. But you're right. Like as women, we do... There is this like totality, this feeling of like we need to make sure everything is okay. We we're constantly worrying about a million different things at yeah. once. It's you can never just be. No. Especially oh, once God. you become a mom. <laughs> like no, that's like over. That's like done. Like no. no, like any like relaxation or just like living in the moment truly is just like kind of done.
1: <laughs> you know what you do for fun as a mother? Like PTA. That becomes your fun. <laughs> <laughs> my, my daughter just started
0: preschool. So like, that's a whole new world for me now.
1: Yeah. Oh, wait for it, babe. I mean, it is fun. It's my son's in middle school. I don't do well with elementary school. That seems to be some parent sweet spot, but I prefer middle schoolers and high schoolers. Oh, it's so the, the actual children themselves. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like some people just love little kids. And I'm like, yeah, of course I like little kids, but I also like spicy big kids. So doing like middle school PTA and being the town witch is a really (laughs) fun (laughs) experience that I I want for you. I want you to have that, to be the New Orleans creepy mom.
0: Thank you. I want to be the town witch. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to write into the group chat, the parent group chat of Hartford School and be like, town witch here. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Perfect. They're gonna love that. Just like offer up your expertise. You know, if you guys ever want to have a full moon ceremony with the children, I'm here. Oh my
0: god. So no, no one's gonna show up to Harvard's birthday party. Perfect. Perfect. Um, okay. So I am in awe of the fact that you do so much. So you also started this show. Okay, this true true crime story. It couldn't happen here, yeah. and. I don't know how you have the time to do all of this. OK, so you go around to different small towns that started in your small town, cor- yeah. the town that you lived in. Correct. And and you recognize that the judicial system wasn't, I guess, sound or or, or yeah, fair pretty and fucked up. pretty fucked yeah. up because in these small towns, there's no one to check it. Mm -hmm. And everyone knows each other so everyone can cover for each other and and fuck with information. And so you started this show that's
1: available on AMC
0: Plus, um, right? AMC Plus. Yeah,
1: AMC Plus. It's on Sundance. um, And I think you can also get it on like Amazon. You know, you can buy it, but it's free on Sundance and AMC Plus. But I love that you also added a podcast
0: to it because you said that there's there's so much information that in one episode, you can't possibly get all the information. So you guys are doing a podcast at the same time.
1: Yeah. I mean, talking about women trying to spin too many plates, you know, or trying that's to... You. Well, that's you. <laughs> but I think that's why women are so obsessed with true crime. Because we are raised to prepare for everything, including the worst. And so we're obsessed with true crime because if we can just study enough of these stories, if we can just absorb enough of this information, then we can prevent it from happening in our own lives. You know, we're We're studiers. That's what we Mm -hmm. do. And so you see these like huge numbers for women watching all of these true crime shows, but they're not necessarily thinking about how they're made and what happens to these families after the cameras leave and the reporters leave and they're just left there in their town. And so we wanted to make a really ethical show where we maintain long-term relationships with all of the families that we have worked with and we're helping give them information on how to find justice. We're working with Innocence Projects to try and get innocent people out of jail. We're getting our fan base to sign petitions and get involved. Um, and so it's it's a more holistic approach to the true crime genre. Yeah. And it's great because for the person that loves true crime and wants to get involved, we're your show. Yeah. You know, a lot of shows are just like, and the person was murdered and, and that's the that end. end. Totally. Totally. You know, And with our show, we're like, hey, we got an innocent guy on death row in Ohio. Here's a petition. Here are the politicians that need, you know, that need you to reach out to them. Here are their lawyers. Here's their address in prison if you want to send them something. Here's their family. Um, It's a more supportive production. And with a couple of our cases, I mean, obviously, they all keep us up at night because these are people in small towns. Local newspapers are dead. So no Mm -hmm. one's covering injustices. There's no Mm -hmm. investigative journalism in a lot of these little small towns. It usually takes some big city reporter coming from Cleveland or, you know, like a bigger city to check out these cases. Um, And so with our deep dives in the podcast, there are a couple cases that we were like, we have opportunity here. Like we have opportunity for the fan base to really make a difference. To change
0: things. Yes. Get
1: justice. The same way making a murderer. That's what, that's what
0: it, yes. That's what I came to
1: mind. When everyone collectively watched making a murderer and they're like, this is so fucked up. What can we do? Yes. That's exactly what we're creating our show for. That, that, person at home that's like, I want to get involved. I don't want to be a vulture watching true crime. I actually want to help make the justice system better. I want to help get better people elected. I want to get someone out of prison who's innocent. Like, what if you could do that? What if you at home had the capability to get an innocent person out of prison? Or on the flip side, get a guilty person who has been protected by crooked law enforcement convicted. And so those are the kinds of cases that we offer up on the podcast where every week we go really, really deep into all the details that we couldn't fit into a 42 minute TV show.
0: Well, I think that this was incredibly brave of you because you said that this started in your town and that you realized that you were running in the same circles as this judge and this judge's friends. And like, I can't help but wonder, like, do you still run into him and these people and are they like what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like I know. how has Check, that affected your life?
1: Yeah. So here's what I didn't know before I started doing this show. Uh I didn't realize that judges and district attorneys and sheriffs and those elected officials in your community have so much more power over your life than say the president of the United States. Everybody cares about big elections. but Nobody cares about the sheriff election. Nobody cares about the circuit court judge, Mm -hmm. but those people control our lives. And especially in these little teeny tiny, small towns. And so for anybody at home that doesn't know the story of how my TV show started, there was a young woman in my community who was being horrifically tortured by her romantic partner. They had two little kids together and the documented abuse that she, she suffered is like, if you put it in a movie, people wouldn't believe it because it's so awful. Yeah. She had medical records. She had police reports. She had every bit of information that they tell abused women to get, and it didn't do anything. And so somebody called CPS on their family and CPS came that day and he pulled the gun out of the safe and made her lay down to sleep with him. And then the only two people that know what really happened that night are her and him. And he's not here anymore because she shot him. And the way that this young woman was being portrayed in my local media and the way that she was being spoken about by the judge was disgusting. I mean, it was it was so much victim blaming and a misunderstanding of domestic violence. And they told her that she was a volunteer in her own torture porn that was being posted to Pornhub, like crazy. Oh my gosh. Shit. And so I started looking into who this judge was. Cause I was getting ready to roast this man. And I found out that we did all the same charities together. And we had lots of the same friends. And his wife and I had lots of mutuals on Facebook. Oh my gosh. And and then like, I had a little like court thing that I had to do in town here. And he got assigned to my case. And I was like, oh no, 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 no. This is real bad. So when I started doing this show, I started speaking out specifically about him and about what he did to this young woman. and. And as a result of that, he was going to run for a higher position. He was going to run for district attorney in our town and the media attention as a result of our show. And as a result of that case that he mishandled so egregiously, uh, his party dropped him and he was not the candidate. I have chills. That's why people have to like say stuff and be bitchy. Right. Because otherwise that man probably would have run and won and been in a position of power where every abused woman in the community was now under his thumb. You're right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so that was really where the title of the show came from. Cause I was like, if it could happen to her, it could happen to any of us. Cause she was a preschool teacher, this chick, like no criminal record, you know, so squeaky clean. But if she could get the book thrown at her, any of us could. And, um, (sighs) Yeah. I would imagine that like the work that
0: you're doing would take over your life. It's dark. Like, how, like yeah. Like how do you even begin to separate? How do you even be, be able to begin to go home and, and, and get into mom mode or wife mode or friend, fun, friend mode or, or fun it's mom. like, yeah. Fun <laughs> mo- yeah, like how do you even do that when you spend so much time working on
1: these cases? I, I feel like, um, I have an older kid you know, I have a 13 year old and his sense of justice is very strong. And, um, it's important for him to sit down and like, talk through some of these cases that I cover because it's teaching him about politics. It's teaching him about civic duty. It's teaching him about empathy and charity. Um, and it's a teachable moment for my kid, but it is, it is really dark. And if you're watching a true crime show where you feel like the people involved just kind of like brush their hands off at the end and walk away and have a steak dinner, you're watching the wrong show because we should be helping people. Um, and we can still watch it and be intrigued and walk away feeling good because we've supported someone. Um, but it's, it's dark. And so that's why I think things like the grimoire are in part, are important because mm-hmm. you can walk through darkness as long as you have the tools to like climb out of that hole. Um, and so it, it has been helpful to kind of launch both things at the same time. We're doing the deep yeah. dives with the It couldn't happen here. Podcast. Also while I'm doing the book tour for Grimoire Girl and you can do both, you know, you don't have to be sunshine all the time. It's um, it's important. If you are a person who has the tools to carry heavy things to do that.
0: Well, you are inspiring as shit. (laughs) Seriously.
1: I'm also a huge bitch and that helps. I love that. I really do though. Like, I really love that. Yeah, yeah. You have it like we're vilified for it our whole lives. But then you find out it's a skill set that's actually really useful in other capacities.
0: Yeah. Once you know how to utilize it, like once you know (laughs) not to be an asshole to people in certain like you you need to know how to use it. Like Mm -hmm. I look at my, you know, my early 20s and I'm not proud of a lot of the bitchy moments. You were
1: queen of the zinger, man. That's a skill set.
0: But now I know how to harness that bitchiness and Mm -hmm. use it for what i would say good but yeah. my, you know? <laughs> you're doing it yeah well, thank you so much for being like seriously hillary thank you you're really going in my oracle deck oh my god
1: <laughs> jeff is gonna be so jealous That <laughs> dork i'm like is he still texting me yeah he's like she's still there listen i'm gonna have to set you two up at some point um okay. Yeah. Tell
0: him, please tell him to do my podcast. I'll ask him about all the Walking Dead information, all the things. I will. Um, uh, seriously, thank you so much. You guys have to go and buy it already. It's a New York Times bestseller. Congratulations, Thanks. Grimoire Girl. Go buy her book. Go listen to the podcast. Like, I mean, follow her on Instagram. Hillary, Thanks. is. you're just you're really fucking cool.
1: Oh, man, you are. All right. You be the witchy mom at school. It's going to look so you. good on you.
0: Thank you. I'm going to try yeah, this man. out. All right. (laughs) Bye, guys.
1: Bye.